0: In this week's episode of Studio Inter, we'll be analysing the draw against Fiorentina. We'll be analysing Inter's crisis. What to expect from the mercato? This week's frog, Moggi and Moratti, and much, much more. Everything here on Studio Inter, only on sempreinter.com. Guarda da solo, Guardia, attenzione!
1: <inaudible> Se ne va largo da destra il tiro, lo spinta corta,
0: finito! E gol! 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 Attenzione, Ronaldo salta anche Marchegiani e mette dentro 3-0. Andiamo, il Principe entra in area e solo.
2: E' gol! E' gol! E' gol! E gol, e gol! Con Ronaldo, a battere questo calcio di punizione
1: molto lungo Per Zamorano che gira bene al centro Attenzione, il destro, violentissimo E
0: lo spettacolare gol da parte di Zanetti La prima squadra che vince qua è la nostra Inter L'Inter vince ah, E dillo campioni d'Europa! Campioni d'Europa! Campioni d'Europa! Campioni d'Europa! Campioni d'Europa! I più forti siamo noi Benvenuti, bentornati, to another season, another year of Studio Inter. I am your host, Nima Tavali ruzzari wishing you all a happy new year and hope that you've had a lovely Christmas. Um, Inter's Christmas and New Year's period has been just as horrible as was predicted by yours truly on this show, and I was laughed at by my first get, calling me negative and God knows what. So on that note, welcome, on that positive note, Welcome to Studio Inter, Mr. Will, be- Will Beckman.
2: <laughs> Good evening, everyone. Happy new screen year to you all.
0: <laughs> You're just going to ignore that whole segue, are you?
2: <laughs> no, well, I was just thinking that I've already eaten enough over this Christmas period, but if you add in all the humble pie that's going to be consumed over the next hour, I'll have enough to get me to next Christmas. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, um, humble pie, is, I think humble pie is something we've all had to eat after that amazing start to season. Uh, I'm also joined by our good friend, uh, Semprinter.com's own preview writer, Mr. Mohammed Nassar. How are you doing, man?
3: Hey guys, I'm um, all good, all good. I mean, um, I'd hate to be, uh, I'd hate to ruin your poop parade, Nima, but I still, uh, <laughs> I'm still happy. Well,
0: that's I think,
3: good. Uh, <laughs> Finishing the year third uh, is something we'd have all signed up for even if uh, Roma does have a game in hand or Lazio actually has the game in hand. I think they both Yeah, I mean they both have the game in hand, but Lazio uh, but Roma won't catch us. Uh, they do win and it's a way to Sampdoria. Lazio play Udinese. But uh, so yeah, no, I, I I'm I'm still uh, I'm still positive. Nothing nothing I mean, it's still as good as, if not better than we would have signed up for in the beginning of the season, though. No?
0: Well, you are Mr. You are Studio Inter's own Mr. Positivity. Uh, we are joined uh, by. I have a very special guest, as we always try to do. Uh, this time we have all the way from Milan, Mr. Fulvio Santucci. He is a blogger, a contributor for Il Nero uh, Lazzurro.com. He is also on the YouTube, the Inter supporters or Inter fan TV uh, on YouTube. He does match live commentary, and he used to be a columnist on Passione Inter making his Studio Inter debut, welcome to Studio Inter, Mr. Fulvio Santucci. Hi, Nema. Hi, everyone.
1: Surely nice to Hi. be here. Happy, happy New Year, everyone. And uh, yes, uh, uh, as I said, nice to be here. Probably not the best moment to talk about Inter, but hey, <laughs> that's life,
0: right? <laughs> well, I mean let's start on that because I mean what what Mo said was that I mean and that's completely true. There's no denying that in the beginning of the season, if someone had said that we'd you know we'd we our only two losses would have come against Sassuolo and Udinese and we'd been third and and look pretty in pretty decent shape uh, after playing some good football and, and our defenses and leaking. I think everyone would have signed under on that. But then something happened, and I traced the roots to the Juventus game, where I felt that you Allegri completely exposed Inter for their weaknesses, and I feel that every single team uh, has capitalized on that since then. Now Will told me I was paranoid, <laughs> um, but it turned out I wasn't paranoid. I wish I was paranoid. Um, but going that way, I mean, Fulvio, how do you analyze the situation? If we look at the, the this, this crisis situation that Inter have been through, what, what are the root causes according to you?
1: Uh, well, um, we uh, we, need to, we need to understand something here, because uh, I think that until the end of 2017, so basically uh, until the match uh, versus Lazio, we define generally this crisis uh, um, that was actually a goal crisis, right? Because if you think about it, the, ma- the matches against Udinese and Sassuolo showed a-, a weird struggle in scoring, despite creating a lot of chances, I think 38 chances in two matches, that's crazy. And after that, um, an- another step back was clear, as the derby uh, on the um, Coppa Italia uh, gave us a picture of a squad fell apart from the perspective of the physical condition, and uh, especially a sudden lack of condition in both Perisic and Candreva. Um So, this is uh, something that matters to me uh because uh, um, you know s milan was not the most running team in the world <laughs> at the, at the <laughs> moment but as a matter of fact they moved the derby into their hands starting on 70th minutes if you remember that and it took them 30 minutes to win just because they also have huge scoring problems uh once again inter could have won that match um as well, if the young players would have been familiar with the goal, let's think about João Mario's mistake, right? And we think about that mistake as we think about Icardi's mistake versus Sassuolo. In both cases, we could have easily scored first and change what happened later into the match, avoiding or postponing the crisis as, as we mean today. Today is different because uh, we have a match to analyse uh, versus Fiorentina That's, uh, in my opinion, was completely different from uh, all the matches uh, that, um, that came so far after uh, the Juventus match.
2: Agreed.
0: Well, that's, that's a really interesting analysis. Um, Mo, uh, if you look at, uh, I agree with you, the fact that especially against Sassuolo, or above all against uh, Udinese, I would say, we missed like a lot of chances. Inter created so much. And then it kind of sort of set, you know, th- they didn't score. And then like against Sassuolo, the same thing happened, where Inter dominated for large parts of that game. And then we're unable to score, and then that kind of set them set in in their back heads. And then we saw this kind of collapse, as or or a or fall back, as you said, against Milan. Uh, and then we saw a step forward against Lazio. So, I mean, based based on that, Mo, you said you were positive. Why are you positive? How do you analyze the situation?
3: I mean, I I tend to agree with Fulvio. It's um, so it's it's a combination of factors, but it's not. It's, it's, it's different things that have happened in different games. Like we said, uh, Sassuolo, Udinese, uh, just damn unlucky uh, not to get the right goals at the right time. I'm not, I'm not going to even talk about the Milan game because, you know, the Coppa, it's a different mindset. It's a different story. Um, I, I think, by and large, the Lazio game was good. But the problem, like Fulvio said, was conditioning and then our only two attacking threats. It's, it fundamentally comes down to the fact that we can only attack with Perisic and Kandreva. And there is no other real consistent attacking threat that comes, that comes from anywhere else. And if these guys are out of form, if they have run themselves into the ground, their, their physicality just does not exist anymore. Or if smart managers like Simone and Zaghi know how to play them out of the game, then we've got nothing else to offer and this is why the central this this is why the Joao mario story is so difficult to you know to to uh, to analyze at the moment because he, he ideally this this should have been the position from which we could have possibly attacked and and, and given an alternative solution and provided the with other balls from which goals could come but you know that's that's the way i see it it's unlucky against sassuolo unlucky against Udinese. Uh, um, good game against uh, Lazio, Fiorentina Fiorentina. Everyone's tired, end of the year, and here we are. But by and large, the the, the problem the problem where we, like the the problem area, which was the defense, which was the shape of the side, in in, in not letting goals in, has been solved, even with D'Ambrosio uh, the, and uh, um, and Miranda out, and I think that's a great step forward.
0: That, that, there's no uh, d- disagreeing with that. I think no one can can say that anything against how well Candreva has performed. Uh, sorry, Andre Ranocchia has performed since coming in. I think he's been, I mean, he's been a little bit of a hero to be honest. I mean, he's he were, he's he's worked his hard out in these matches against Milan yeah. Alexio, and and then Fiorentina playing injured basically for say, for 70 minutes against Fiorentina. So I, I think you're absolutely right about that. Uh, but let's go to Fiorentina again. The first, four, the first 45 minutes were absolutely appalling and abysmal and a continuation of what we saw against the, in, in, in the Milan match, in my opinion. But then something, in my opinion, happened in the second half. Um, Inter started pressing much higher. Inter looked like they were enjoying playing football again. There was more energy. There was more tenacity. There was more speed in everything they did. And I actually thought that the second half was pretty decent. Am I alone in thinking that, Fulvio? Uh, well,
1: partially agreed, Nima, If I have to be honest, because uh, on the second half, uh, um, actually, um, I I had the impression that uh, Inter settled for the results and start changing completely the approach on the on the game. Um, basically, um, I'm thinking about uh, a first half in which the squad, to me, appeared not organized, impressing, definitely not compact on the field. Fiorentina found a lot of space on the advanced midfield, or if you if you prefer, the trequarti. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I struggle to understand why, uh, why Inter was disposed on the field like that in the first minutes, because this is something you could expect on the last minutes, you know, when stamina runs out finally. Um, on the second half, Inter scores, and if you think about it, uh, we gained the free kick that eventually led to Riccardi's goal, um, thanks to Cancelo, that again, overcome by himself, the Fiorentina's pressing, found to his speed the way to bring the ball into the opponent's half, was not an open play, a squad open play once again. And after the goal, as I said, I had the impression that inter settled for the results. So basically, they filled that vacancy on the defensive track quarter uh, by moving the midfielders back behind. But to my eyes, and probably you're not agree with me, you're going to say if you agree with me, the attacking phase basically stopped. I mean, organizing attacking phase. I mean, passing. I mean, uh, uh, you know, everything that Inter made until the match with Thiebaud. Uh, so I, to my eyes, basically stopped and Pioli on the other side smell the situation and start putting on the field a lot of offensive players. It's like five players, um, Fiorentina finished with five offensive players into into the field. And the question is that Spalletti could not do absolutely nothing to that. It uh, became impossible to cope with this new disposition of Fiorentina. Because uh, there, there were no substitution, and if you think about it, uh, Spalletti did not have a disposal, a defensive midfielder, a counter attack specialist, an offensive player with uh, that say specific purpose of bringing the ball in other half, game some full to break up. the Fiorentinas attacking, basically what Palacio did until last year, so there was no way to change the direction of the match in the last 25 minutes. And despite this, he could could have won once again if the if the players had more confidence with the goal. So. I, I did I did not enjoy the second half, definitely better than the first half, but you know the first half was a nightmare to me.
2: Yeah, I agree. Will Well I'm gonna to have to be the negative one then because if you <laughs> if you said you No, but really, I don't know what's happened. New, new Year and a new us. Because seriously, I didn't think that it was an uh, what you said that the, the first half was abysmal. abominable, ab- yeah. abysmal, appalling, abominable, horrible. I would go as far as to say the second half was also abominable, (laughs) awful, abysmal. Now, honestly, people probably won't, I probably won't find a complete agreement with this, but I thought this was our worst performance of the season. I thought it was awful. And for that reason, yes. And for that reason, I think this is one point gain rather than two points dropped, because there was nothing that we did in that game that warranted points. We scored and then we hoped. And before that, we could have been behind anyway. You know, Pioli said afterwards that we were lucky not to concede the first goal. And we were. There was, not, there was nothing that we did to make to, to make it to minute 55 without without being behind. You know, it was it was awful. It was everything that you You didn't. I mean, I, I suppose the first half was was worse because it was nil-nil, and then the second half we didn't have to go in front. So the, you know, the game changes and whatnot. But I, there was not a single moment in the game where I thought we were playing well. You know, and I was going to underline what Fulvio said about Cancelo because it it wasn't a choral action that got us up the field for that free kick. It was Cancelo who who did what he'd been doing quite well in the first 15 minutes or so, which was to go forward and give us a threat on the right wing with João Mario moving inside. He Mm -hmm. got the free kick, then he took it really well and Icardi scored an incredible goal. Um, But, you know, the, the game didn't change after that because it didn't need to. Because it was already Fiorentina all over us. You know, we, I felt like we suffered the game for 90 minutes. We didn't determine it because, you know, as, as, was said, uh, uh, as was said previously, you know, the pressing was disastrous. Five men would go forward or three or four. The other seven would stay behind. So there was an autostrada in the middle of the pitch. There was, there was, no, there was no collective. That's what I didn't like about it. You know, if, even against Juventus when we struggled and against Lazio and against... Uh, against Sassuolo, I could see that there was a, there was a, there was an organisation. There was no organisation in this game. It was it, it was painful. I mean, it really was. I mean, if if we'd won that game, I don't know. I, it would have been the biggest robbery since <laughs> since I don't know. Insert your own favourite robbery. I mean, it, it, it was it was hideous. I didn't like it at all, and that yeah, was what I was mean, worrying because that for me was this was a completely different performance to the to others. I mean, I must say actually just to. Just to put a little asterisk, I have, I still haven't actually seen the derby because I was busy. And I will see it in a couple of weeks. But, to me, know, if we to played, me, to if me we were turbulent. The derby tabling, game, the derby okay, well, game you was by it's far. it's the copper. You, do, you don't care about the copper, Nima. You said it yourself.
0: <laughs> I wanted to lose against Pordenone because I didn't want to lose against them. Because I did not want to have
2: oh, that week chopped. Up. I, I didn't. Oh, I didn't <laughs> want to lose against Pordenone. I, I, I think I almost preferred it this way. You know, <laughs> oh,
0: God. No, losing against Milan is just... Ugh. It's like they say in Italian, you wake the dead. You know what I mean? Like, that's what we did. We woke the <laughs> dead. You know? A speciality then, of Inters. Yes, indeed. Uh, Mo, what, what are your thoughts on this? Do you, do you, Where are you, are you with the, Are you thinking this was the worst performance of the the season? Or do you think the second half had some bright spots?
3: <laughs> I, I find it difficult <laughs> to judge this game in isolation. <laughs> like I was saying earlier, you know, I think it's... You, you can't just look at the, the Fiorentina performance... In and of itself. You have to see it in light of the last five or six games, a mentality shocked uh, to bits. It's the last game before the break. It's it, it, it was I mean, like there's no way around it. Like we said, it's it was a weak ass game, but you know, it is what it is. Is it's not it's it's a decent result. We got to the we got to the the, so the, the result. Right, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you know, it's no, I'm talking no really, it's a decent result, all in all. It's um I mean, we, look. We only say it's the worst performance you've seen uh, this season just because of how how good the football we, we, this, that we've been playing this season has been. But when you judge it against football we played last season and the season before and the season even before that, it was a decent performance. You would have you, you wouldn't have been complaining about the performance that uh, that badly it's just because we've been uh, pampered by Spalletti's uh, football so far. So I'm lost to uh, slate. The performance too much. We know that the team has mental issues. We know that the psyche psyche of the team is is very fragile. And you know, I I, I said in uh, before the Lazio game after the Lazio game, I think it might be a bit of a turning point. And coming back from Florence in these conditions with a point is also, I mean, it's a win in a way. So the performance was shit, but it was always going to be shit. It's the last game of the season. The squad is depleted. Uh, last game of the um, of the prior uh, to, the, to the winter break. The, the team is depleted. They've been going through a torrid run. What else can we expect? You know, what else can we expect? And uh, and and that's why I'm not I'm not too um, I, I don't
2: I don't want to go too hard down on the performance. You know, okay. it is what. We actually gained a point this weekend. That's that's the real positive to come out of this. You know, we've not won for a month. Yeah, I mean, Atalanta no. beat Roma. Yeah, Atalanta beat Roma. that's true. That's absolutely
0: true.
3: And and we we go into the after the, and look at it this way. I mean, uh, you know, I'm a silver linings guy, but without that bad <laughs> run, this Mercato might not might not. You know, the, like you said, Nima, these these. These um, weak spots, these um, frailties in the squad, were there for everyone to see, and they would—they could have appeared in March, but maybe it's better that we we had the slump in December, so that real work can be done in the mercato to to actually give Spalletti the tools to to, to realistically finish uh, in a Champions League position. You know, if we had finished top of the um, top of the, the the league or in second place or whatever. Uh, come uh, last weekend, and no reinforcements were made. And then we had a mancini esque uh, collapse in February and March. In January and February and March, Where, what, what tools would we have uh, had to be able to uh, to stop the bleeding? Nothing. So at least this way, you know, everyone sits up and per- uh, gets perked up, and, and and looks at this mercato as something quite fundamental. You know, so I don't know. I uh, I, I I'm still happy
2: that's well that's I'm good then no no just I'm um, I, I just need to be clear here I'm not having a go at any individual or Spalletti for what happened I just wanted no, to no, put I, understand, that, yeah. I just wanted to go strong on that because just to contrast what what's been said before I don't blame anybody individually for what happened I think it's you know, anyway Let's
0: move on. <laughs> no, I mean it's um, it's uh, I mean it's, it's you, you all raise really interesting points. Um, I mean I w- what I felt and I, against the in the second half of the Fiorentina because because the thing is like I look at it a little bit like you do, Mo. This kind of this stretch of games. I mean I look at it first against uh, what happened against Udinese, where I thought we we dominated, but we were we, we squandered chances and then they scored and then. Heads fell, and then we repeated kind of the same thing against Udinese. Then we go into the Coppa Italia game where Inter play really poorly, and and then we have to p- pull ourselves up by the scrap of the neck against Lazio, where we do decently defensively. It's two good teams that kind of nullify each other, and then and then we're playing uh, Fiorentina away, where we where we usually struggle historically. We always struggled away. The first half is is really poor. But then something happens in the in the second half. I, I'm not saying we're playing well, but I feel like the, the, a curve was kind of turned there. That now it's kind of on their way up again. In the sense that I felt that Perisic looked like he wanted to play football again. Um, Joao Mario, let's you know, let's not let's not even go there because as Bergomi said, the guy was embarrassed. Yeah. <laughs> I mean,
2: was that was oh, really <laughs> funny. I,
0: Fabio, I don't want to see him again. I've never. It's embarrassing. <laughs> what he's doing in but, I mean, what was it, like after five minutes of the game, he was jogging back? I mean, it looks like he's playing in slow motion. I mean, it's, it is embarrassing. And, 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 yeah. and, and that, that, that be that as it may, but I just feel that maybe we've turned a corner now. Uh, this break could not come at a better time, I think.
2: Well, it could have come, it could have come a week earlier. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right. Agreed. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, fair. I mean, there, yeah. there
2: are two teams that have, that have paid for this, for, for this experiment that Italy have done this season of, of moving the winter break back by a fortnight. Fortunately for us, the other one is our direct rival, Roma. So um, we'll have to see what's, what's going to happen in two weeks when, uh, when they play each other. No, I, um, uh, I, I don't know if we've turned a corner with that second half. You know, how, how many times I mean, did we I see? I mean, it?
0: in terms of attitude. You know what I mean? Like I'm saying. Okay. Yeah. No.
2: I mean, they, they had a good heart. And they had a good. We had two. Two centre backs who were throwing themselves in front of every cross that came in. Yeah. You know, every 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 other minute. You know, Scuderi and Renocchio deserve monuments for what they were doing because not only did they play well, they played well in bad conditions because yeah. there was no protection from either from the wings or in, or in front of them. So you know, if, we, if it hadn't been for yeah. for those two, we could have you know, we could easily. But plus, there's another thing that which is worth remembering: Fiorentina are the most right. imprecise team in Serie A. I think they they a couple of weeks ago. They I don't know if it's still the case, but they had. I think they had the most shots off target in Serie A. You know, they're a team that when they get to a certain point, it's like there's a magnetic field around the goal and all their <laughs> shots just go wide of the post. It's incredible. Um, so against a more a more clinical team, maybe we'd have lost. But I don't know. Oh,
1: well, just, just think, if I may jump in, guys. Yeah, go, uh, go, go. Yeah, thank you. Just think about it, about the fact, uh, um, about, about the chances, about how many chances we concede to the Fiorentina, especially in the first half. And try to, fo- to try to focus if uh, Inter considered uh, this uh, number of chances, of potential chances, because Fiorentina waste, but, ba- wasted basically the chances. Try to focus if Sassuolo, Udinese, Lazio, and Milan as well had all these chances. Uh, the things that worry me, that worries me, and worry me now as well is that for the very first time in, in the season, I had the impression of a of, of psychological weakness, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And, and, that, and a, a disconnected squad, if you, if you see the first half, you see things that doesn't make any sense. Like, I don't know, uh, tactical things, like uh, Icardi and Barca Valero going to press on the side, and that's, that's a good thing, but it's a good thing if, if the squad do the same thing uh, on, on the behind. But the rest of the squad did not, did not play the same game. And uh, that's why we have uh, this uh, incredible space on, on our defensive Trequarti And a lot of, of players of Fiorentina, like Simeone, Benassi, Tero, Chiesa, Vertu. Five players that, uh, mm, you know, uh, took that space. Uh, and nobody from Interside has ever been able to fill the vacancy. So that's my impression was a, a disconnected squad. Just think about... The, the match against uh, Napoli in Sao Paulo, hmm. the defensive match against Napoli in Sao Paulo. Think about the defensive match with Fiorentina. Hmm. Uh, that's, that's a lot of changes, guys, there. Yeah. And I think that for the very first time, I think this is a psychological problem, a well, psychological that, that, weakness.
0: That's, that's what I was going to ask you, because, I mean, if you look at the game against Napoli, you had a Miranda there, we had a D'Ambrosio there. Here we had a Santon that was that started on the left side, then moved to the left and then ended up in the... Started on the right uh, left side and went to the right and then ended in the middle. You had a Nagatomo who was feverish. You had a Ranocchia who was playing injured. How much do you think? I mean, don't you think those are more like not excuses, but more ra- like more 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 valid uh, explanations rather rather than a psychological issue.
1: Well, from my point of view, this is a possible explanation, but it is not a total explanation because uh, the, the, the defensive the defensive space starts on the midfield and on the midfield we have Vecino, Gallardini, and Borca Valero, the same guys from from, from the from the match against versus Napoli, the same guys. Right, So, a lack of condition, of course, but even a psychological weakness. It's like we are not connected. It's like we are not mm. doing things together. Mm. Uh, and I, 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 I tell you this, and uh, it's a gut feeling, okay? But uh, I, have, I had the impression, and I have today the impression, that if Fiorentina would have taken the lead of the match, today we were, uh, we were talking about zero points and not one point. Because Inter was disconnected from this match, and after score, they just settle up with the result and nothing more.
0: That's that's. I agree with that analysis. I, I felt that way too. That if Fiorentina got the first goal, then that was it. That, like that was
2: over. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. with you. I, that, that I, was the I'm feeling I was quite sure had about that. Well. Yeah.
0: yeah, I mean the, the, that's that's precisely the feeling I had watching this as well. Um, that this was definitely more 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 that kind of a game where if you're in Tina... I mean that's how I felt against Milan as well that if when Milan scored I, I felt that if Milan scored then Milan are gonna win like because Inter were never gonna score that night it just didn't feel like that um, so
2: yeah and to, you know that before the second half on Friday Inter hadn't scored a goal since our last podcast Wow that's four and a half games. Wow.
0: That 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 says everything, doesn't it?
2: And that's what I said when, that's what I meant when I said that you know we were fortunate. There was nothing that we had done up until that point to merit being one nil up when Icardi scored that brilliant goal from the free kick. Mm-hmm. You know it was it was chance, and Inter mm-hmm. shouldn't be, they shouldn't they should never be left in that position where they're where they're kind of hanging on and hoping. And that's and that's what happened. I, I don't I don't think the um, uh, I don't think the personnel argument is convincing to me at the moment because I thought. Uh, the, the players who were playing on Friday individually, I think they did quite well actually. I don't think I don't think we missed Miranda. I never had the sensation that we were missing no, Miranda. Maybe, no. you know, um, uh, somebody did say earlier today that if Inter had Miranda and D'Ambrosio uh, in defence, maybe they would have been able to resist that that, that final onslaught from Fiorentina and, and managed to, to scrape a one 0 win. Maybe that's true. I don't know. We don't have. Non abbiamo la contraprova, as they say. Like we don't, we don't know. We'll never know what would have happened if. Um, <laughs> if right. If, if, yes. If, if, right. But yeah. you know. But um, no, I, I think there's something that's. I think there's definitely a, a psychological impact of these poor results. Which at the start they were they were decent performances and poor results. And but as time goes on, and this happens to all teams, it becomes a psychological thing. And the longer it goes on, the longer, the harder it gets to to come out of it. So you know, it it was one of those kind of. You, you sort of gained, you sort of had the impression of a team that was completely out of gas, but not just physically, also mentally. Mentally, you know, yeah. We're a team that, since the start of the season, to keep pace with Juventus and Napoli, have had to have we've, we've had our foot slammed to the accelerator. You know, we have to be almost perfect in all of our individual players mm. because we don't have the re, we don't have the the, the the pure talent that they have, and it's you know it's just kind of sort <laughs> kind of falling apart a little bit at the moment. Whether this is whether this is something that's Recoverable? I don't know. Uh, the The Friday's performance really was quite concerning because I, it was something that you know made me think: well, with what well, is the, is it possible to, to recover what we had two months ago? I don't know at the moment.
0: Well, we're going to get into that because it is a it is a genuine transfer window, and that's known as uh, the Mercato di Riparazione in Italy, as the, the Mercato, the transfer window of repair. But before we get to that, um, we I'd like to ask you guys who you guys think. Uh, the sempre Inter uh, readers voted as the man of the match against Fiorentina. Uh, who do you think it was, Mo? Uh, Cancelo? Yes, he, well, he got almost 50% of the vote, he got 45% of the vote, followed by yeah. Samir Handanovic on 13.9% and uh, 13.5% Mauro Caldi. My personal uh, man of the match for that game was Milan Skrinja. I thought he stopped at least five or six times. He stopped one-on-ones against Sandanovic. So for me, it was Skrinja. But who was yours, Will? Uh,
2: well, I did the player rating for, and I can't, for, for our site, and I can't remember who I put. I put, um, I think I put Icardi, because I thought the goal was incredible. Okay. But it could have been him, it could have been Handanovic, it could have been Cancelo. Icardi, mean, Handanovic, and, and Cancelo were my top three screen was also very good.
0: What about you, Fulvio? Who, who was your b- best best interplayer against Fiorentina? Uh,
1: well, I go with Cancelo, of mm. course. Uh, for me, man of the match. Uh, and uh, I, um, along with Cancelo, I would like to I would like to mention Borca Valero as well. And uh, okay, Borca Valero as uh, as missed as missed a chance, and it was an important chance. But in the in that first half, that uh, yeah, that we discussed. Earlier, that was not uh, a good. I think that only Barca Valero and Cancelo were able, from time to time, to properly organize the attacking transition. And uh, if you put out now Barca Valero from Inter, uh, we we lose definitely all our attacking force, because Mm. Perisic and Candreva now are gone, basically, on the form, and Borca Valero remains the only one to have some ideas in the middle, right? So I would like to mention Borca Valero for this reason, but my MVP is definitely João Cancelo.
0: What about you, uh, Mo? Who's your MVP?
3: No, it was uh, João Cancelo as well. I I did. Yeah, but but I'd like to, uh, like... uh, from Fulvio's point of view regarding Borja Valero I mean, I I, uh, I didn't I didn't I can't say that I, he stood out for me in that in that game in particular but his importance in the side when Kandreva uh, and Peris are aren't are in form can't be overstated so uh yeah no uh, Valero is... uh before, critically important today. before
0: before yeah. we move on to the Mercato I wanted to talk a little bit about who I personally had so much high hopes going into this season who I thought was going to be a very important piece of the puzzle uh, if Inter were going to succeed but he's been absolutely nothing uh, no part of the success at all and it's that's Roberto Gagliardini I really thought that he could he was going to turn out to be maybe a kind of like the, the De Rossi of this Inter with with, uh, you know, obviously no other comparisons between them, but that kind of a role in Inter's midfield, uh, the metronome, as they call it in Italy. And he's been anything but that. And I'm really disappointed. Now, is this something, is this a quality issue? Is this a mental issue? What do you think? Uh, what do you think, Fulvio?
1: Uh, well, about Galliardini, uh, a lot has been said, actually. Um, what I think is that it's uh, not a player that can make the difference by himself. So, um, I, I saw a lot of matches of uh, Galliardini right now. And I noticed that uh, if the, um, the midfield as, as department is going well, Galliardini is going is going well too. Uh, but when Vecino is not into the game and when Borca needs to do a lot of things like attacking, uh, be the first receiver, pressing... And so on and so forth. Gagliardini is lost. Basically, uh, what I expect uh, from from him, of course, uh, is uh, a less number of mistakes into the passing. If you think about the transition, when when we when we um, w- when the first receiver of the ball, and if that first receiver is Galliardini, I think that uh, there's a huge possibility that uh, he missed the pass and uh, basically offered the counterattack to the to the to the opponent side. So, this is something that should be fixed. I trust. Him because I remember uh, I remember the first the first matches um, in the in the in the last year in the last season. Uh, this is that 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 was a good player and that cannot be lost. So I'm pretty sure that if the midfield will grow uh, together, Gallardini will benefit from them. At the at the opposite, if the midfield continue to to give this uh, kind of uh, this kind of matches that are not are not enough, in my opinion, Gagliardini will be lost. At the, at the end of the day,
2: hmm. well, what do you think? Well, I, I'm always loath to criticise him because I've always been I've always been a fan of him. But yeah, um, uh, yeah, I mean, he's he's got a he's got a ceiling, which is which is a funny thing to say if you consider how tall he is. But um, <laughs> I'm leaving that to one side. He's got there is a there's definitely a ceiling with David. He you know he's he's never going to be real big big club player. Um, but I'm happy with him at Inter. You know, I mean, I, I wouldn't really add anything to what, to what's just been said. Mm. I mean, no, I'm, well, I'm happy with see, him.
0: I, I, that's exactly it. I didn't think he had a ceiling. You know what I mean? And, and that he reached oh, that. I, I so did. I, I did. I really expected him to be a little bit more. Um, uh, as I said, no no other comparisons between them, but this kind of the guy who ties Inter's defence with their attack a little bit. Not a Regista, but more like a, the first receiver of the ball. But this guy seems so easily... He crumbles now so easily under pressure. I mean, last season, I remember with Condogbia, it
2: looked so good. It looked so, yeah. so good. But... Yeah. but- We'd we'd won. What is it? Haven't we won four games when he when he came in for his debut against Kiev? So, you know, yeah. he came into something that was working and and made it better. Maybe that, and uh, maybe he maybe he's been uh, he's been lost then. No, I've never seen him as a sort of a, hmm. a, with someone with quality in his passing. I've seen him as more as someone who gives balance to the team and allows Borgo and Vecino to go forward because they're more naturally offensive
0: right well let's move on to what we're in the middle of the uh, we're we're almost 25% into the Mercato uh, it's the 8th day of January today when we're recording this. Um, what do we expect from the Mercato? I mean, obviously, this has been turning into, uh, you know, if you read the Twitter sphere and you see a lot of bloggers, Italian bloggers and etc., a lot of people are very, very annoyed at the Chinese for for, for not investing. And I just want to plug a little bit. Um, uh, this week on Sempre Inter. we have actually, uh, I've, I've, I've t- 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 talked to a couple of people who are Working with finance or students of finance, who are going to explain what a bond is, what financial fair play is, and how it affects the interest. So check those pieces are coming up. But without going into that, what 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 can we expect, uh, Fulvio? What do you expect from this Mercato? What, what what is reasonable to expect? And do you think this? Th- the second part of the question is: Do you think this this hatred of against Suning is, is exaggerated or is it is it justified? <sighs>
1: Uh, well, what I expected, uh, and now seems to be real, actually, is a uh, self-financed self-financed Mercato. Um, so I have not any concrete clue, uh, to be honest, uh, but uh, this is my gut feeling and uh, always told me that, right? Uh, so definitely not big names on the plate. So let's forget uh, about Pastore, similar profiles, I think they just big deal since uh, experience uh, told me that uh, finding uh, a game changer uh, on january is very difficult if you think about uh, the inter last 10 years of uh, january transfer market, uh, only goran pandev gave a different face uh, to the to the squad and ironically the the, the price paid for goran Pandev was zero right (laughs) so um what is what is really concerning right now is that uh, the rosters clearly suffer a, a shortage of players uh, in every zone of the field, right? Uh, because Paletti mentioned uh, the centre-back, but it's not only the defence. Uh, uh, there's not a backup for Perisic, and uh, we are we are witness the, the consequences of this because Perisic is out of condition and uh, is forced to play because there's nobody else. Uh, the backup of Candreva is a promising kid, Jan Caramo, but still a kid, right? Mm. Uh, not mentioned in the midfield, we have three good, not outstanding, good players uh, and two guys that uh, I don't know look like a sort of misunderstanding. Uh, uh, <laughs> Brozovic is yeah,, Brozo, if you think about it, Brozovic is not reliable at all, and I think we, we are we are all agree with that. And uh, it's still not clear in what position and in what matches uh, Jean Mario can be useful. Uh, or in in, from my from my perspective, it's not is not clear uh, the role of joao Mario and uh, even the skills. In uh, <laughs> my, my opinion, Joao Mario have no, have no outstanding skills, right? Because you can say, okay, Brozovic is not reliable, but at least he can shot from outside the box, right? Mm. But Joao Mario, I cannot find any specific skill to that player. So my priority for the, for the lineup would be definitely the, the trequartista. Mm. Um, this kind of profile, uh, I think that needs to bring solution and goals, um, appears to me as the only way to turn Inter into some kind of unpredictable attack. Because, uh, as Mohamed, I think, said before, uh, we're only attacking down the wings. So, Paris-Echenk and Kandreva are the only weapon that we have for the for the attacks. And uh, this this could be a relief for the wings uh, that wouldn't have the responsibility, the burden to sustain the, the entire attack. Uh, all right, this is all, all good. But when we come to concrete things, at the moment, uh, the Inter Mercato seems to me like a sort of dead end, right? You cannot buy if you don't sell, but on the other side, if you sell, you don't solve the roster shortage. And we will go go back to the square one in some way, right? (laughs) So apparently, the only solution are the loans. It's difficult to understand if uh, we can propose, as usual, the loans with obligation,
2: because
1: it's not clear uh unusual but it's like that or at least it seems like that and of course there are not uh, so many teams disposed to enter into these deals with those things attached right so uh on the on the center back i think it's pretty clear that the vacancy will be filled by bastoni yeah but it, it's another situation in which a kid needs to stay in the bench instead of going playing on loan because you know the, the squad is, con- is constantly running running out of players right now and uh this is not the best scenario for the team and neither for the growth of this player, Caramo and Bastoni, that are forced to, to go on the bench. So I don't have any clue about that, guys. Uh, I don't, I'm i not uh, telling any names because I really don't have any clue. I don't know how we can make mm, this Mercato with zero budget because uh, at my eyes, it appears like that.
0: Remember when Conte, I think it was when Antonio Conte won his second or third Scudetto in a row when they asked him how, you know, congratulations, I think it was Sky live and they, and he said, well, you know, you can't go to a 100 euro restaurant with 10 euros in your pocket. <laughs> That's and a very
2: famous quote. In, yeah. and,
0: and Inter <laughs> have taken that one step one step more. They, they, Inter are actually trying to get in to the coolest nightclub in the world, Champions League, with zero euros in their pocket. Yeah, <laughs> and, and yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. They're, tro- they're blagging. They're I'm blagging. Yeah,
0: they really are. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you th- th- see, th- th- that's what I wanted to, you know, this kind of, I think, we, you know, your analysis was spot on there, Fulvio, and there's nothing else any of us can say, because I think that's basically all the names that are being discussed, and, and I think your yeah. analysis is spot on there. So, uh, let's move on to this, because this part that I really wanted to talk to you guys about, this, this hatred that I've seen, I think you've all seen, uh, the hashtag sooning out, sooning this, sooning out. I don't understand this. Sooning have been at Inter for, what, like a year and a half. They have raised the revenue of a club that has not played in Europe uh, or in the Champions League for at least five, six years to 320 million euros per year in revenue. That's amazing for a club that doesn't play in, in, in the Champions League. And still, they can't do anything because of the financial fair play. So why why is this, Fulvio? I mean, you're from Milan, you're Italian. Where does this the frustration against... Them is it because they're Chinese and they're foreign? I mean, w- w- what is the frustration? Explain to us.
1: Uh, well, uh, yes, I, it's probably some Italian thing, and uh, you can confirm me after my analysis here. But <laughs> I think that uh, what is happening uh, with uh, what you're saying is uh, a legacy from uh, the um, from the Moratti period, because you know um, earlier at mm, the, the the football in Italy was w- was very different, right? Was not revenue. Uh, no attention to the um, to the financial uh, to the financial terms by the supporter right now. It's it's very the, the financial things are very uh, uh, supporters are very concerned for the financial things. So um, when Moratti was here, basically mm, there was no kind of revenue, and um, despite of any revenue, you you were sure that uh, a big players uh, at the end of the of the transfer session would arrive. Right, so uh, it, uh, it, going, it, it went ahead, I think, for 20 years, always like that, right? And uh, at the end of the 90s, Inter was, uh, was uh, called uh, uh, the queen of the Mercato, the regina of the Mercato, right? But at the end of the day, no trophy uh, arrived <laughs> at the end of the season. So this uh, this uh, this is concerning, but uh, uh, the, the point is that uh, uh, this uh, this uh, period, this Moratti period, and uh, this uh, this uh, Italian football period, uh, uh, leave this legacy in the supporters that uh, the more you spend, the more you win. Right? Ah. That is not it's not a perfect science. But you can see a Milan what they did this, this summer. Right? Spent a, a lot of money, and uh, they are first. Yes, but in the other side of the of the standing. <laughs> So yes, it, it's not a perfect science, but uh, it's um, it's a legacy that uh, I think that uh, tells to the supporters that uh, the more you spend, the more you win. Of course, uh, there's uh, there's um, an halfway between spending a lot and spending zero. As one of you, I can I can understand I can understand the supporters that uh, are complaining with uh, with with Tuning. Um, but you know uh, it's uh, it's something like that it's something that uh, require a lot of time before being forgotten what what was the Italian football before and what it is right now that is basically uh, in line on the same page with the European football and um, earlier was not like that
0: yeah no you're absolutely right Um, but I mean what is your what, what do you think I mean regarding suning, I mean their performance so far as an owner, what, what is your analysis on that? Uh,
1: well, uh, suning uh, at the beginning uh, was uh, naive, my opinion because uh, spent a lot of money for two players uh, that was not necessary. <laughs> Right, and this is a fact because João Mario, yes, was, was uh, seems like a great deal, all right, but uh, there was Banega, and basically Banega and João Mario uh, shared the same position for all the years, and uh, this uh, sharing position, uh, you know, was not uh, was not a benefit for, for both players. Banega eventually gone to 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 Sevilla, uh, and João Mario stays here. But question is that uh, last, the last year was, um, you know, uh, in the last season, at the beginning of the last season, there was a lot of mess into the, into the, um, into the management, uh, into the board, uh, into, uh, um, with, um, with the coach uh, Mancini in that case. So at the beginning, they were naive. After that, uh, they learned. Uh, they took Sabatini. That is a skilled, um, a skilled manager in uh, in Italy, and uh, things are getting better right now. Uh, but uh, there was something that happened uh, into the last summer, and I think that is related in some in some way at the Ch- with the Chinese government. And uh, this is something that probably tied uh, the hands of schooling right now. Uh, of course, supporters are not disposed to understand this because the question is, uh, you need to, you are here, okay? We can understand your problems, but you need to take care of the of the needs, of the primary needs, uh, primary needs of the of the squad, and of course, the shortage of players. Now it's a. Uh, it's a primary need. So I can understand from one side the supporters, uh, from the other side it's not fair to say Suning out because from the financial point of view Suning is doing a great job, um, but uh, you know it's a matter of time you need to have to be patient before uh, before taking uh, the fruits of the work of, uh, of Suning. And Inter supporters, uh, uh, from the uh, 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 once again, from the legacy of the past, uh, are not so keen to be patient, right? They want all and they want it now.
0: <laughs> that's a good, that's a brilliant analysis. Give it to me now <laughs> and give it to me everything. Yeah, um, but um, Will, um, and 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 Mo, I want to hear what your I want to pick your brains a little bit about the Suning situation. I personally think they've handled themselves ex- excellently. I don't think there's anything else they could have done except for, as Fulvio said, the. The Gabby and and Joao Mario thing, but the Gabby gold thing is just it's legendary now, isn't it?
2: Yeah, we signed we signed one footballer last year and one mascot for seventy million euros down the perfectly agreed, perfectly agreed. Yeah. I mean, I mean, look, we are short of wide forwards, and I don't even think for a second. Sabatini or Ozilio have considered bringing him back this summer. They'd rather leave him on a beach in Sao Paulo and just forget about him. <laughs> but I don't understand.
0: He's apparently. I mean, is he that bad? I mean, is is he? Are we talking like what is it? What is it? Is this guy so toxic on the side of the pitch? I mean, I what think, is it? I mean, what is it about this guy?
2: Well, I think you have to. You have to take something from the fact that he had four different coaches at Inter, and none of them deemed him worthy of a start in the, a place in the starting eleven. You know, he must be doing something wrong in training. He must be not working properly. I mean, he doesn't come across as somebody who who doesn't give a toss but you know he must. there must be something missing you know he's he was he was he was very very pampered in Brazil wasn't he not just you know we're not just um, sort of uh, in terms of the media but also in terms of the type of football that you can play you know it's a lot easier to not to not track back and not do any of the of the gritty defensive stuff that you need to do in Europe um, and obviously he's not made that transition I don't know I mean I mean I agree at the Olympics which is what I I saw him at the Olympics when it was first rumoured that Inter were going to sign him he seemed quite good but you know, you can never really be... Uh, you can never be sure. I mean, it... Oh, God. I mean, if you think about all the problems we have with our budget at the moment, and then you think that last year we spent €30 million on...
1: Sorry, guys. Not mention the wages of Gabigol. Oh, that is not so low.
0: My word. I mean, that, that money could have gotten you Deo Lefeo, Pastore and Ramirez now. Boom.
2: Done. you. Oh, delivered. And, yeah. I, and I think that that's also... Uh, that is also possibly a reason why sunning are unwilling to do what um, Sabatini has flown to China this week to convince them to do and that's to to anticipate a bit of the summer budget to to try and be a bit more aggressive on the mercato and and guarantee a champions league place and then you know get the domino effect from there you know they're thinking well i mean look th- it wasn't Ozilio was signing Gabi Got, It was them. It was them. Well, that's it exactly was, it. I was it was saying. Right. him it was, and Jean Marie. They were not Ozilio no, signing. Was, he didn't want was, them. It was so, mine. You know, that me.
0: was that was my dear compatriot from Iran, Mr. Kiara who yeah. robbed Suning blind, he took them to the cleaners for yeah, 70 well, Ki- euros.
2: Well, there's a with view, I think with Kio, I think your what's the phrase? Your your bank slamming open an open door. Whatever the phrase is in Italian.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 It's perfect, it's perfect. Yes, because uh, because I I actually warn the Italian supporters about uh, about uh, this guy that uh, made a lot of uh, of deals, right? Uh, actually, some kind of uh, good deals were done. Like, I don't know, Tevez to Juventus yeah. was a good deal, right? But, uh, you know, uh, Tevez was Tevez, right? Uh, yeah. Manchester United, Manchester City used to play for big teams, used to win for uh, with big teams. It was very different from Joe Mario and, uh, and, uh, and Capigol. And I warned uh, at that time the, the Inter supporters uh, uh, that Kia uh, chan would never... Uh, do the interest of Inter, but uh, instead uh, uh, would have do the interest of of himself, right? <laughs> and that's exactly what happened, right? Yes. Because this kind of people is like that. It's like Mino Raiola, it's the same thing.
0: <laughs> Mino, <laughs> yeah, 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 that's true. Um, Mo, well, you're you're quiet over there. What are your thoughts?
3: Well, no, I know I I've spoken about my opinion about Suning uh, at length uh, previously. Here, I think. I think they've done a marvelous job in transitioning the club from uh, from the Moratti era, from the the era that Fulvio was talking about, into a a real uh, 21st century professional organization that's uh, that looks over the that puts the sustainability of the of the of the commercial venture at the heart of the uh, of of all operations, and I think that's very important because that from that. That particular point on uh, everything can can move forward. I also think that uh, Sabatini's appointment is very wise. I think that it gives everyone confidence. I mean, you know, you'll always have the hashtag swinging out uh, noise, but at the end of the day, when it's uh, when it's uh, Sabatini, not uh, Kia, advising the board, <laughs> um, whatever decisions happen at the end of the mercato, you take them. You know, you, you think that at least. Proper consultation and advice was given to the decision makers or to the purse strings, uh, to the people of the purse strings, and you have faith in that in the in the process making sense, which is not necessarily what happened at the end of the trans, uh, of the of their first summer mercato last year, twenty sixteen. So, um, can I, can
1: so, I depress so, you? Can yeah. I
0: depress all of you? I read before we started recording this. Um, I read uh, something just to just to make everyone completely depressed and want to kill themselves. I read that the, the names being discussed right now is a is a low cost mercato. It's uh, Rolando and Cristo. <laughs> yeah, that I, I just read.
2: I think I, I think I read the same
3: article. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's, look, that's, uh, yeah, that, that's <laughs> what you should expect, right? Can, can I tell you something? Uh, you know, Niva? if if Spalletti can do this. Can have this these four games with Ranocchia performing that yeah, well, and true. this is coming from the guy who hates Ranocchia with a passion. Huh? <laughs> if he can bring this out of Ranocchia, imagine what he can do with Crisito or Bastoni. You know, yeah. so I,
0: and Crisito so, he uh, had like, like Zenit San they, they used to work together. Yeah, exactly. Zenit, so yeah, yeah, yeah. No,
3: so so, so that's that. So you know, like, and like Fuvio said, I think it's it's going to be the same sort of mercato we've had in the summer. No big names. Forget Pastore. It's not going to happen. The only, the only maybe is is if uh, if Mourinho and uh, no no Mourinho spots Catrian for uh, João Mario.
2: <laughs> Mourinho is renowned for doing Inter's favors. Yeah, since exactly. He, since he left. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so I never, so I never responded to you about sooning did I anymore? I just no, went off on a tangent no. about Gabi Gol. Yeah. Um, no, I I don't think that I'm not in the sooning out crowd for sure. I mean, you know, every village has its idiot, and so on. So I'm not Brilliant. surprised that there are. Um, there are. Um, yeah, suining every- out people on Twitter, you know. Well, when these difficult moments come, by the way, I just sort of tend to to not go on my Twitter feed. I just ignore it and That's a um, decision. and just <laughs> just come back on in a couple of days after after the storm has calmed down. No, um, <laughs> I think maybe one of the problems that that has that sooning have maybe created itself is to do with this kind of confusion and a lack of clarity about their about their kind of room for manoeuvre. Because you know, I, I go back to what Sabatini said. In the summer, in that press conference, you know, we're arrogantly controlling a series of players all over Europe. You know, that phrase has become famous because <laughs> it didn't then actually lead to anything. You know, I just wonder if maybe that's that's one of the problems. You know, if maybe at the start they'd been realistic and said and maybe been more clear, then people would have been less annoyed. But people think they've maybe been betrayed and that maybe sooning have... I don't know. Changed their mind, and you know they've decided they don't really care into that much anymore. So they're not going to put money in. And well, you know that's not really the case. That's
0: um, far from the case. They're putting a lot of effort into
2: it. No, exactly. Yeah. I mean, you know. Um, yeah. So I, I, my, my glass is half full with them at the moment. They, they did make mistakes. I mean, the the marie Mario Gabbi goal duo was the worst possible way to start. But you know they've, and also the the way that they handled the. The Mancini problem. Going back even further, you know, not addressing that immediately was was um, maybe a bit naive I as think, well. I but... think
0: their mistake was basically they they were a little bit, uh, exactly like you both say, a little bit naive when they first came in. They kind of gave the reins despite, despite having seventy percent control. They continued to let Eric Tohir run the show, and he Tahir. ran <laughs> and he ran that ship into the ground with right. with, with what he did. A
2: minority we, shareholder mm. appointed our coach
0: a week before the start uh, it, of the it, season. It's insane. It's utterly insane. I think yeah. that was their biggest mistake, not to completely take control from day one, allowing Tahir to do to, to, to give him to give him a budget to do what he wants to do as well, which is just wow. Um, so I think that was their biggest mistake. If you, but, but I mean, since then, I mean, they've, they've learned from their lessons and I think they've done an excellent job. Um, and, and it remains to be seen. I, I personally, you know, this is a crossroad decision that Sunni have to make. And this is where I think they will make their first mistake. Uh, this is me speculating. I think that not bringing in Lofeo and not bringing in a player like Pastore who is willing to come to Inter is a mistake. Because if you were to sign Deulofeu and Pastore now, then you wouldn't have to do anything in the summer. Then you only have to tweak the squad a
2: little bit in the summer. Uh, uh, hang on, hang on a second. Pastore earns what is it, eight million a year? Nine and million. Our biggest, nine and our biggest. Million, yeah, and our no. biggest, our biggest, uh, biggest of them is Icardi on about five. You know that. Yes. You know, no. maybe he does want to yeah, come to winter, no. but yeah. that's also another thing you have to be aware, wary of in January, you know, not disrupting. What's been working so well for the last four months? And you know, maybe Dele is a different one. I don't have much Dele fail but you know, no. I sorry, go through for you. Yeah, no,
1: no, no. I, I, was just, I, w- I was just, uh, I was just uh, saying, uh, saying yes because I completely agree to that. And I was thinking about uh, some kind of domino effect uh, with the wages because you know, tomorrow Pastore is here. Okay, seven million are here. All right, and you don't expect that Icardi knocked at the door. Of Inter the day following asking Wanda, for more. Wanda, like, I expect Wanda, his wife Wanda. to do
0: that. Yeah. yeah, Wanda will be on Alcibiades' <laughs> <That's>, door. don't <yeah>. do <laughs> Yeah,
1: and uh, just 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 think that it happens when Icardi have uh, the new the new contractor with the increased wage at five million and uh, the day following uh, uh, the, the Parisi chairman knocked to the door of Inter and say, "Hey, my guy is not worth less than Icardi, so what, what should we do with that?" Perisic <laughs> have the renewal of contract because it's like that. It's it's how things works at the moment at Inter. So um, I, I'm not saying that Inter should avoid Pastore because of the wages. I'm saying just that it's not only a yeah. one player, yeah. but it's yeah. cope with the domino effect that That's this player come that, that come along with the
0: player, right? That's a very good point. Exactly. That's a very very good point. Right, uh, Fulvio, it was so good to have you on. We will definitely have you on more times again. If people want to follow you on Twitter, what's your Twitter handle and where can they get a hold of you?
1: Yeah, at Santucci Fulvio. S-A-N-T-U-C-C-I-F-U-L-V-I-O.
0: It was a great pleasure having you on, uh, and uh, we'll definitely have you on again. Uh, thank you so much.
1: Thank you. Pleasure was mine, and uh, yeah, I'll be I'll be here.
0: Ci sentiamo. Thank you so much. Grazie. Ciao, Foglio. Ciao. Ciao. All right, uh, before we end the show, let's move on to the part of the show where we pay tribute, rip the piss out of, and uh, make fun of something or someone in the world of football, starting with the Frog of the Week, which will be presented by Mr. Will Beckman.
2: Okay, the frog of the week this week is Marcelo Brozovic's beautiful new cafe bar, which he's set up along with his family in uh, in Croatia, with the rest of his family. To be clear, so just in case you haven't, um, just in case you haven't got been across this story, um, then here are the details. It's called Epic, Epic Brozo Cafe Bar. It's available. Uh, the address is Ulika uh, Kneza Domagoja. Apologies to any Croatians if I pronounced that wrong. 16 A Velika Gorica, because Velika Gorica is in Zagreb County, which is where he grew up. So this is a hometown thing. Uh, the daily running of the shop will be done by his sister Emma. Emma. Yeah. <laughs> Emma with one M. Yeah. Um, just some more, some more background information. Uh, isn't the there, sign...
0: isn't, isn't? Yeah. I was going to say, isn't the sign?
2: Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. We're getting there. Oh, don't worry. I've got it covered. The sign has the epic brozo emoji on it in, on top of the shop um and if you want to get a few more pictures from this wonderful hotbed of cafe activity go to uh, instagram.com forward slash epic brozo underscore cafe bar cafe with two f's i don't want you to be i don't want you to miss this there are pictures on that on that account um Brozovic playing darts inside the cafe and uh, looking very happy with himself. There are some sachets with the epic Brozo emoji on it. And there are also lots of pictures of customers doing epic Brozo selfies, such as Brozovic's own sister. Um, So if you're ever in the Velika Gorica area and you're thinking, I really want to be pissed off by a group of people who I would never want to be friends with. Run on down to Epic Brozo Cafe Bar.
0: I mean, that logo looks like it was made by a nine-year-old. <laughs> I mean, like, old well,
2: Brozovich does have the brain of a nine-year-old, so it's <laughs> possible. True. You know, we were discussing. We were saying earlier how he's not reliable. I mean, this, this, the reason I picked this is this is just it's just another example of how this guy is just on another planet to the rest of us he nine really times is. out of ten. He, you know, <laughs> we are. We are we are struggling, we're in crisis, Where there's a lot of people who are angry. Brozovic is oblivious to all of this, firstly <laughs> because he doesn't speak the language of the country he's in. And he's, the, the only thing he cares about is that he's... My new cafe is coming out. Yeah, I mean, he said... Perisic was asked about this in an interview a year or so ago, and he said Brozovic has told me he won't learn Italian until he can find a woman teacher. Right. <laughs> so... I know how you can expect this man to be reliable for the team is, the uh, is beyond me. Is, I don't know me. how many
0: times I, I've said it on this show that this guy has exactly everything in terms of talent to become one of the best players in the midfielders in the world, but he has absolutely no brain. He's brain dead, and, and I think no, he no. just—epic just, brainless. <laughs> epic brainless, and I think he's just everything about him. I mean, last summer uh, before Jovetic was sold, when him and when him and Brozovic were sharing rooms. It oh, was. It gosh. was that was that was my evening fun going in on Instagram <sighs> to see the stuff that Jovetic used to put up, like every yeah. night when he was fighting against a mosquito. I mean, Jovetic was crying. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Like, that. <laughs> like every single night,
2: like <laughs> I don't was, remember that being a mosquito. It
0: was. It was comedy yeah. show. Like he couldn't. Yeah. And, and with Perisic as well. Like he, he when he was sharing rooms with him, he's like he. They can't stop laughing at the guy. He's, he seems. He seems absolutely out of his head, and it's it's. It's like, meanwhile, in Brazil land. You
2: know I mean? Yeah, it really is. Yeah. And it's a shame because he's the only midfielder we've got. As Fulvio said, that's got a good shot on him and can score goals. But yeah. we'll never, we'll never really benefit from that properly because yeah. his head is crazy.
0: You know, it's not there where it should be anyway. Right, uh, let's move on to slight, something slightly more positive, uh, with this week's Moratti, which will be presented by Mr. Positivity himself, Mr. Mohamed Nasser. Oh, my God! He is beautiful! He is beautiful!
3: Yeah! (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) No, uh, my Marathi of the Week uh, is uh, one of two things. First, it's the winter break for finally fucking coming.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's brilliant.
3: (laughs) Uh, You know, we sure as hell needed that, bitch. <laughs> uh, the second, uh, ma- my second Marathi is uh, Spaletti's mother, who also appears to know that he is a central defender. So, uh,
2: <laughs> I wanted to mention that earlier. <laughs> I mean,
0: I for me, it's Spaletti's yeah, yeah. reaction in, in those interviews when they asked him. Because I do understand him. I mean, it's like, you don't, I mean, it's it's one thing to ask him, but I mean, they keep pushing him time and time again with the same question. And of course, he's going to get annoyed until, you know, at the end. He's like, yes, everyone knows we're lacking a central defender. My mother is 80 years old and she knows that we're lacking a central defender. Can we please move on? Like, it's I understand his frustration and I thought he handled it brilliantly. Oh, well. I like
2: the uh, I like the other the other bit as well where he said we don't have any players left. If you don't believe me, come to the peanut and <laughs> count them one by one. Our players are finished. <laughs>
0: Didn't he say did he say, come to the train come to the parking lot and count their cars? There's only six cars. Oh, I, yeah, probably <laughs> Like, something like that. Was yeah. Well I'm
2: sure. i I'm uh, sure can Brozovich drive? I don't know if you
0: know. I hope to sure. God he cannot drive.
2: <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say I wouldn't wanna be in a car with him. No,
0: I don't I wouldn't wanna be, I don't want want him to be in traffic, period. Right. Yeah. Um <laughs> Let's uh, move on to uh, something slightly, or something much more negative, uh, this week's Moji, which I will be presenting myself. (laughs) We keep getting back to this week after week, but what happened to Blaise Matuidi in Cagliari's, uh, in Juventus away game against Cagliari is just out of order. Racism, monkey chants, etc etc from people who who clearly have no better who are losers i mean what of all the things you can do to a human being making monkey sounds and hurling ban- plastic bananas like an idiot i don't know i don't associate being black with being an ape but you standing there making monkey sounds and waving plastic bananas and throwing bananas makes you more like an ape um, so, thankfully, uh, what, I, what I thought, you know, without a shadow of a doubt, the people who were, again, the racism hurled against Matuidi, Moji of the Week. Uh, but I wanna, I wa- there is a, there is a, pretty, there's a really nice uh, upside to this, and that's how Cagliari handled the situation. And the, the message they sent to Matuidi on Twitter, uh, what, what, what Ma- Mario Balotelli, how he handled the situation, saying, please don't judge old Italians, my, my friend, we're not all like this, these are just some idiots and how the culture community kind of came together because this has just got to stop in in any other civil like this doesn't happen in in France this doesn't happen in in the UK because or in the Premier League it, it just doesn't exist and it just it has to, it doesn't happen in any other professional sports except for in Spain and, and Italy and it just needs to stop it's not civilized it does not belong in a civilized discourse
2: hey yeah, yeah. I th- it, it, you know you yeah, difficult to, to add much to that. It's unfortunate for um, for Calliard in particular because this is the second uh, racist-related incident that they've had in seven months. Because if you remember, Sully Montari yeah. had a, a similar problem when he went to the to play there with uh, with Pescara at the end of last season. He actually walked off the gate, walked off the pitch um, at the end of the game because uh, he'd uh, he'd suffered some uh, racist abuse of some sort. And I really should have looked this up before I came but I think did I see something to do with uh, some chants coming from interfans during the derby at Christmas yeah, did, I, yeah, did I make that up yeah so it's this is not this is this is you know this is something that has to be approached by by all of us with you know, absolute neutrality, you know, it can't be one rule for Inter fans, one no rule for, for everybody else. So, you know, it's not just Cagliari that has...
0: No, no, have no, this is, this, is just, an, this is a problem in the Serie A. Let's be completely honest
2: about this. It's, I mean, Hispanic, yeah. well, well, it's yeah. a problem in Italy. It's not just a problem in Serie a. It's, it's yeah. a. it's a societal issue, isn't it?
0: Yeah, exactly. But, I mean, there is racism in other countries as well, but they've managed to keep it away from their football. And that's because there is a will to keep it away from football. Now with Tavecchio gone maybe maybe some if Tomassi comes in or someone else younger who has a much yeah. more modern view and a perspective of the world maybe we can finally once and for all sort this shit out
2: yeah i mean you made a good point about about Tavecchio because you know how it how is an italian football federation supposed to stand up to racism when their president you know has has said the things that he said over the last 2 years you know you know the the you know, there's that phrase in, I think it's German, that, you know, they often say the fish stinks from the head. Yeah. You, know, and, you know, and if you have no credibility on this argument, if you you continue to to keep him in charge, and if he's he only leaves for, you know, for political reasons, you know, it's, it's, it's terrible.
0: Right. Um, that was all we had to offer this week. We'll be back next week, where we'll be previewing the very important Roma game. Um, I'd like to thank
2: Will. Thank you, everyone. Can I just say one more thing before we leave? Because I meant go, to put go, it in go. the the, the match section. Go, go. Congratulations to Stefano Vecchi and the Primavera because they won the Supercoppa yesterday. They yep. beat Roma mm. and they yeah. earned us €550,000. Uh, that yeah. uh, That's nice. Yeah. T- together with a the, with the Coutinho 2 million, we've almost got and, three. <laughs> and no, no, no. We have got three. We have, we have got three because Suning have given us 3.5 million. Because we finished the first half of the season in the top four, that was agreed when they did the training uh, ground naming deal a couple of years ago. They said that if we were going to be in the top three, at the top four at the end of at the end of the first half of the season, so after the Lazio game, they'd give us three and a half million euros, and they also said that this season they'll give us five hundred and fifty thousand euros for every big win that we had, and we've beaten Roma and Milan so far this season. So in total, it's four point six they've given us. Well, plus
0: the plus the Coutinho millions, we're you know we're almost working up to an arm and a leg of pastora here. Um, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs>
2: Sorry. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. And uh, yeah, have a nice winter break, everybody.
0: Um, and also, like to say thanks to Mo for joining me again.
3: Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure.
0: A big shout out to Fulvio Santucci as well. Uh, it was a great guest. We'll have him on again. And until next week, I'm your host, Nima Tavale Ruzzari. And sempre e solo. Forza Inter. <laughs>